Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Good evening, everybody. Trust you guys are doing well and that you had a nice week and a cool uh, weekend with that. So, um, and uh, we're excited about tonight. And like I said, we're, we're going to broadcast it on Facebook this time as well. It might just help some of you with connection. I think it might be a little bit um, lighter on data. I'm not sure, but I think so. Um, but if you want to stay on Zoom, obviously it's cool because then at least it feels like I'm talking to someone, which is which which is great. Otherwise, I'm going to let Vessel stay on here, and he's going to you know have to go hallelujah and amen every now and again. So either way, we're um, we're super excited about tonight and looking forward to spend the time with you. And if you guys are on Facebook and you're joining in right now, welcome, uh, welcome to this. this. Is actually the final part of our three-part series or whatever school we did on um, on the angelic so we're going to close that off tonight and probably next week we're going to talk a little bit about dream interpretation which i think is really important uh you know we've been releasing dreams and you know trusting people to step into that a lot and we've had amazing testimonies of people just starting to dream like lots of dreaming going on and um so we're going to see how, how how that turns out but when it comes to interpretation it's so important that we really navigate that well and, um, you know, and do our best to try and understand what God is giving us through those dreams. Otherwise, it's just another dream, which it's not, and we need to steward it well. So that's probably where, where we're going to go next week. Uh, but we'll, um, we'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, so before we get praying and get into all of that, I actually wanted to ask somebody tonight, Louise Rainsberg. Uh, she, she listened to the session um last week and uh, i don't know if you guys remember but we had a word of knowledge about um somebody with metal in their i, I don't know if we said legs specifically or whatever i'm not sure but we said somebody with metal in their body and that uh you know we felt i felt like god wanted to do something about that i don't know if you guys remember so um but then louise actually messaged us the message us the next day and uh, you know just started sharing a little bit about what happened on, on their side. So Louise said she's going to try and, uh, you know, give us the story. And uh, so Vessel, if you can maybe get Louise on here, that'll be great. Um, and then she can just share what happened because that's a pretty cool story, I think. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, Louise, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. And you guys? We're doing great, thanks. Thank you for being willing to uh, just share what happened last week. <laughs> okay. Um, so last week, um, you started praying and you said there's someone with metal in their leg and I was a bit slow and I didn't sort of think. But um, my aunt went into hospital about, um, well, then it was about three weeks ago. And... Um, she has, a, well, she's got all sorts of, she's got two knee replacements and two hip replacements. So she's definitely got metal in her body. But um, her knee was giving her trouble and they had been giving her antibiotics, but apparently um, these replacements almost form a film around them and the antibiotics can't penetrate. 
and who they have numbers that they measure, you know, the infection rate. And I think normally all of us sit at about two and she went up to 380. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, um, it wasn't looking good for her. And then they started speaking about maybe they were going to amputate her leg. And I think what was really special for all of us was that my mom, who is very close to my aunt and helps her out, um, is stuck in England because of the coronavirus. So she couldn't come back to help my aunt or be with her. So it was just so special for her to have heard sort of, you know, that God knew what was happening in the situation. And, um, yeah, my aunt is now out of hospital and she's been put in a step-down unit, which is wonderful. And um, there's, she's actually working with a physio who thinks that she can help her so much that she'll be able to walk again. So it's, yeah, it's wonderful. And God is just amazing. Oh, <laughs> so. awesome. That's so cool. And she, she weren't able to walk for a while, you said? No, no, she became like, she couldn't move her body. And that's why they ended up putting her in the hospital because the infection became so bad it was like, you know, what do they call it? Septicemia or something. Yeah. I actually said, now, after she's like out, she said, oh, Louise, I thought she wasn't going to make it. It was really like touch and go for her. So, yeah, I know numbers have all come down. They're like in the low 50s and it's amazing. So, yeah, after you pray, the next day, the numbers started coming down. So it was, yeah, it's quite amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, Louise, thank you so much for sharing. We really appreciate that. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you, Hank. <laughs> oh, come on, that's so awesome. And that's what's so cool about it, right? And especially when, um, uh, when, when we start involving the angelic realm into what we do, I mean, there's no distance in the spirit in any way. But uh, once you start partnering with the angelic, like, you know, anything is possible and God can just move on stuff, you know. So that's just such a cool story. Thank you for that. And we just, you know, we'll keep on praying that, that that infection just goes all the way down and that she just fully recovers mental. God, it would be cool to see if the mental is still there and if God removed it because that's probably what he did. <laughs> Yay, which is awesome. Okay, so come on, Jesus. Um, uh, Matthias, you guys, um, you know, I'm not going to ask you to share necessarily what you also just said or, I don't know, you're on here, right, Matthias? Can I, is it under Elisa's name? From I think so. Um, but anyway, you guys also had a group of people together and there's also just a lot of stuff that happened on that side. So, is, uh, Vesely, can we get Elisa on? If, if Matthias doesn't, he's a pastor, I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> Pastors like talking. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how are you guys? Very well, and yourself? Awesome. Sorry for putting you on the spot, but uh, uh, I just thought about you guys and what you experienced last week because Matthias sent me a message. So I just wondered if you could share maybe in brief. Hi, yes, it was really amazing last Monday. Um, we had the, the intercession group here last Monday and when we started praying, the Holy Spirit fell on all of us, each one of us individually. And it was really amazing. No words could uh, describe what happened last Monday. But some of the people couldn't stand, fears were running, and the Holy Spirit just came and um, healed. I think spiritually, there's some healing um, in the group itself. 
and it was loud. Um, after you played as well, we kept on standing here in a, in a circle and we kept on playing and uh, this group was here for, I think it was another 10, 15 minutes when you stayed here before it actually lifted. Come on. Yay, Jesus. that's awesome, right? <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Thank you for sharing, guys. That is exciting. Yeah, I had fun last week, uh, mm -hmm. and you could really feel just the presence moving. And yeah, let's trust for more of that tonight. All right. So I'm just going to pray for us, and um, then we can get going. All right. So just close your eyes right there where you are, if you're alone or whatever. Just uh, open your eyes, and let's just start stretching out our spirits and our hearts and our affections towards the Lord. So, uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We just reach out to you in our hearts tonight, Lord. Thank you for the cool testimonies. Thank you for what you're doing in the midst of a very strange season in time and in history, Lord, that you're still moving, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Lord, that you still move in power, that you still want to be with us, that you still want to speak to us, Lord, that we are not a group of hopeless people, Lord, but we are believers, we are sons and daughters of the Most High, Lord, and we have a hope, an eternal hope, an everlasting hope, and Lord, that we can still grow in the knowledge of your glory, of your goodness, of your mercy, of your love, and Lord, we just thank you tonight that you just want to keep on expanding our understanding of who you've made us to be, Lord, and of the partnership between heaven and the sons and daughters of God, Lord, that that world is available, that it's open, that you've given us access Thank you, Father, that, that, that through the blood of Jesus, we have access to heavenly places. We're not far off anymore, but we have come, we've drawn close to the Father because of what you've done, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. You're so amazing. And we just thank you for, for your presence as well. Lead the conversation. Lead, lead what we do tonight and just fill our hearts and our minds with an overwhelming sense of your closeness and your nearness, Lord. And we love you for that. We love you for what you want to do. We're ex expectant for this season, Lord, for what you want to release in our hearts and in our midst. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So, yeah, we're finishing. I didn't think we we're going to do like three sessions on it, but that's what happened. So uh, I'm really going to try and finish tonight. That's my intention. Okay. I want to finish. So um, but what we're going to talk about tonight is, I, I, and I'll make the notes, um, I'm going to make the notes available. Uh, I think the easiest way is going to be on that Facebook, um, what's that thing, a group, right? The group, the Flame Teaching Session group. I'm going to make, I'll, I'll try and make it available for you on there and you guys can work through it. Um, if I can't do it, we'll figure it out some way. But, but anyway, we'll get it done. So like I said, there's a lot of scripture in here. And what I've been trying to do up to this point is actually to keep away from encounters and too many stories. I've just been trying to give you scriptures uh, to show you that this is what, what, what the Bible actually says about the angelic realm, our partnership with them. And like I said over and over, it's not that we put a, a, an emphasis on the angelic that's higher than it should be, but ignoring it is also stupid. And I think for too long we've actually ignored it. And, and I've seen in my own life when I actually started opening up to that realm, there was definitely a shift in the level of breakthrough that we've um, started to experience in healing, miracle signs and wonders and all kinds of things. So it's just, I think it's just wise to be aware of it and to open your heart and, and just to realize that Jesus uh, and the Father knew that we're going to need help. 
and obviously we have the Holy Spirit, but, but even Jesus needed help from, from the angels at, at, at times, you know, even angels ministered to him and, and we've, we've touched on those things. So it's just awesome to, to dig into that world a little bit and, and to get better understanding of, of, you know, of what it's all about. So, so now we're going to try and wrap that up. And I actually want to speak to you just a little bit about types of angels. And the reason is it's just going to open your world a little bit. And it's going to help you because maybe you're going to start encountering things in the spirit or maybe you have encountered things in the spirit, but you weren't sure if this is okay or legal or not legal. So I'm going to give you, again, it's, it's a biblical base. Everything that I'm giving you, it's, uh, it, it comes from the Bible, actually. So I'm going to just talk you through some of that. I'm, I'm going to try not to bore you too much because there's a lot out there. You know, in, in different streams of, of Christianity, you know, they actually... Uh, there's guys that created like a rankings, rank of angels, ranks of angels, because there is a hierarchy in heaven. And what I mean with that is there's order. It's like in any army, there's a general and there's lieutenants and captains and colonels and, you know, all, all those kind of things. So, so it's, it's the same here. So there, there's ranks of angels. Uh, but a lot of that, I, I don't necessarily feel like that's not something I want to talk about. I'm just going to tell you what I've seen in the Bible. Uh, and some of them, because you're going to start, we're going to try and activate things a little bit at the end of the session and just talking about how do we see and how do we experience and how do we activate them and maybe you start seeing stuff and it's just gonna gonna help you a little bit and it gives you some grid of the awesome support that we have as believers uh you know e even in the realm of the angelic i mean we've got so much going for us like i said the, the system is completely rigged in our favor absolutely rigged uh, in our favor to, to 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 stand in victory and to win this battle um, of darkness, uh, of light versus darkness. And uh, that's the awesome thing. Once we start realizing the help that we have, it, it should shift things in our understanding and in our expectation of what God can do and what he's going to do through us in the season. So types of angels. I think I have, I don't know, I've got a 12 or 13 or something. Um, the first one that I want to speak of, and most of you guys probably know this, but you see in the Old Testament, we've noticed that there's often mention made in the Old Testament of the angel of the Lord, right? You'll see over and over mention of the angel of the Lord. But, but when you start reading those scriptures, uh, you actually see the man that this angel is quite an interesting character or being because he, he's really pulling a lot of authority. And, um, you, you know, there's, there's interesting scriptures surrounding the angel of the Lord or the, the, the angel of Yahweh, or the angel of his presence. That's how he's mentioned a, a couple of times in, in the Old Testament. And um, when you start looking into him, you're actually going to realize that that angel, because often you'll see in some of the translations, some translations started changing that, but most translations would actually mention the angel of the Lord, and the A would be a, a capital letter as well, it would be the angel with a capital letter of the Lord. Which, which elevates this angel above all other angelic beings. And then you actually start discovering, and I'm going to read to you now, that this angel is actually the Lord Jesus himself. It's God, right? So I don't know why they spoke about the angel of the Lord. And I think it's just because they didn't have a grit for Jesus yet, possibly. They had a grit for the Father, but not for Jesus yet. So, so when he appeared, they didn't always know what, what to do with him, probably. So he was called the angel of the Lord. But, I mean, he carried tremendous authority, of course, it's Jesus. And, you, you know, you'll often see weird conversations with the angel of the Lord. Like Gideon had an encounter with the angel of the Lord, Joshua, uh, Moses, Abraham. There's lots of examples uh, in the Bible. 
So I'm going to read you just one, and it's going to show you. Just look at the shift in language uh, when you start reading about this being, because it says in um, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 to 6, where Moses receives his calling. So this is what happens, and this is the whole story. So it says, the angel, capital letter of the Lord, appeared to him in a blazing flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, Moses looked, and behold, and the bush was on fire, yet it was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn away from the flock and see this great sight, why, why the bush is not burned up. When, now listen to the shift suddenly, right? The angel of the Lord, that's where we started. Next, now, now listen to this. When the Lord saw that he turned away from the flock to Luke, God called to him, God, called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet out of respect because the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abram, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Isn't that awesome? Can you see how that story transition? It's like the angel of the Lord appears and this flaming fire in the, in the bush, right? Moses looks, and the minute when he looks, the Lord speaks from the bush. So, and you'll see a lot of stories where it says the angel of the Lord, and then suddenly Joshua falls down before the angel and worships, and the angel doesn't stop him, and he says, who are you? He says, I'm the Lord of the host of heavens. So ex again, it's this exalted being, which, which is not an angel, but it's actually Jesus himself that spoke to him. And that's also, if you keep this scripture, what I just shared in mind, that's why Jesus so infuriated. <laughs> Man, he was good at that. The Pharisees, uh, if you think of John chapter 8, remember that story where, they said to him, where, where Jesus said that, listen, Moses longed uh, to see this day. Remember, he would long to see the day that I'm here because he actually knew that I would, what was coming. And, and, then, and then they go, I said, like, are you saying that you, that you knew Moses? And you're, un, you're not even 50 years old. So how is it that you can say you knew Moses? And then Jesus goes and he makes the statement. Remember, and they were just infuriated, infuriated uh, where he goes and he says, yeah, before Moses was, I am. And he actually takes the name that he gave himself in this piece of scripture in Exodus chapter 3. And boy, that, that is just too much for, for the Pharisees. They couldn't get that. But, but it's just amazing. So, so you'll see over and over the angel of the Lord and how he's appearing often. Like I say, he appeared to Hagar. He appeared to Abraham. Uh, he appeared in Exodus. You see him over and over again. Uh, that's why you'll see in Exodus, maybe you've noticed that. But in Exodus chapter 23, um, God actually speaks to Moses again. And he says to Moses, uh, verse 20 to 22, he says, Behold, I'm going to send an angel with a capital letter before you to keep and guard you on the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. Be on your guard before him, capital letter, this angel of the Lord. Listen to and obey his voice. Do not be rebellious toward him or provoke him, for he will not pardon your trans trans transgression, since my name is in him. But if you will indeed listen to and truly obey his voice and do everything that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. You understand that no angels received that level of authority from God where God said, listen, you actually have to obey this angel. Don't be rebellious towards this angel. 
There's only one that's worthy of that, and that's Jesus, right? So I just want you to see when he speaks of the angel of the Lord, that's, that's, that's Jesus, right? That's a different being. So that's actually God himself. And that's why you'll again see that, um, you know, when Jesus appeared to Abram with the whole conversation with Lot, or when he appeared to Joshua or, you know, Moses, wherever, um, he came and he took on the form of a man, right? So this angel didn't have wings when he appeared. Uh, this angel didn't look like a creature or, or something. It, it looked like a man. And uh, we actually had a question last week about that again, just about angels and fallen angels and demons, their ability to shift and to shape shift, basically, if you want to use that word. And, and like I mentioned to you in that first session, remember when, when angels come into, in, into this realm, into the realm of earth, they usually look like a man, right? They don't have wings usually. Uh, there's not a many encounters on earth where they, where, where they have wings. If you look at the Bible, of course they can, but they don't. So they usually take on the form of a man so that it's relatable to us, that we don't freak out completely. Um, obviously, you, you have where the angels appeared with dazzling clothes and there, were, there was light all around them. Their clothes looked like lightning, all of those kind of things. So you have that, but most of the time they came in the form of a man, right? So... Um, so angels never appeared in the form of an animal. Uh, they didn't come in some sort of a weird creature-like form. Usually when you see that, not usually, basically always when you see that, that's the demonic realm that's trying to, to do something. Remember it says of Satan that in, in 2 Corinthians 4 that he appears and he disguises himself as an angel of the light. So, so, so they can also shift. Uh, we all know he looked like a serpent in the garden. When you read Revelation, he looks like a, he looks like a dragon. Then he looks like a beast. So, so they can shift, but when it comes to the realm of light, they're going to shift into, into the form of a man. They're going to look like us. But when you look into heaven, when you have heavenly encounters, when it's a spirit experience, you're going to see some of the stuff gets pretty weird and it gets pretty out there, right? So that's why you need discernment. And I just want to emphasize that discernment is super necessary whenever we dig into the realm of the spirit. It is such an undervalued gift. I feel in, you know, in the body is the gift of discernment. And man, it's massive. And it's not just about discerning evil spirits, but it's discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12, which actually speaks about angels, right? We can actually discern the angelic realm. And that is such a powerful tool. And discernment is a gift, but listen, it's underwritten by your knowledge of the word, right? So our, your knowledge of the word is what's going to really help you to discern situations uh, and obviously, then there's the supernatural grace that comes with that. But when you know your word, it's going to be hard to deceive you because you're going to be able to say, but, you know, wait a minute, something's off here. That's why these teachings are actually important, right? Because it, it teaches you about that realm. And especially if you want to jump into the prophetic and more of the supernatural stuff, the discernment needs to grow. So your biblical foundation actually needs to be stronger. So I just want to remind you that, that discernment is massively important in everything uh, that, that, that we do. That we keep that on, that we, that we are aware, we're not unaware of the schemes of the enemy. That's what Paul said. So don't be unaware of his plans and his weirdness that he does, but understand the realm that you come from. So like, like I said in the beginning, there's two approaches. You know, the one is we can study darkness and we can try to understand it better that way. Or what you can do is you can just study light and be an expert in light. Because then when something dark comes, you're just going to go, oh, no, thank you, I see right through you. So I really want to encourage you to study the things in the gospel, to find the words in the word and to find out more about the stuff and really read because there's a lot in there, right? So the next um, 
angelic, uh, you know, figures or, uh, or beings that you pick up. It's, it's archangels, right? And there's a lot about that. There's a lot in the occult. There's a lot in, you know, just a lot of weird stuff about that. But we do see them uh, in the Bible. There's mention made of these um, angels, these beings. And we, but we only see the word archangel. We only see it twice in the Bible. And that's actually in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, where it says that we, when Jesus returns, the archangels will release the trumpet and he, and he will come in the clouds. And then in Jude chapter 9, where it also speaks of the archangel Michael, right? So Michael is the only one that is mentioned specifically that he's an archangel. Now, arch actually means chief. So you're the chief of the angels. And as I understand it, and, and guys, I can be super wrong in a bunch of things, but this is my understanding of it. As I understand it, archangel is actually like a rank of angel. It's not a type, right? So, and, and I'm going to explain that now. So it means he's a chief or a prince of the angels. And Michael is described as the great prince in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. He's, he's called the commander of the angels of God in Revelation 12, verse 7 to 9. So, so Michael is a, you know, he's a high-ranking angelic being. And when Michael shows up in the room, you know, it gets interesting. But also, I don't think he just shows up. You know, when he comes, you know, it's pretty serious stuff that's, that's taking on. And you see how Michael, uh, you know, got engaged in, in warfare with Gabriel, with the prince of Persia and the whole story of Daniel. And then they went on to take on the, the prince of Greece, uh, you know, in the spiritual war. And we spoke about this stuff um, last week. So, so, so these archangels, they are high-ranking angels. They are, you know, they're, they're over the angelic realm. So they're like commanders or generals in the army of God when it comes to the angelic, right? And um, what we see is that uh, there's more than one um, archangel. If you look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, 13, um, we, we believe that uh, most people believe that Gabriel is probably also an archangel, but it's not specifically said that he is one. But when you look at some of these activities and when you compare it to that of Michael, it definitely seems like, like, he's, in, like he's also in that category. Um, Ezekiel speaks that uh, he, he mentions, uh, it's in Ezekiel chapter, uh, chapter 10, I think. No, sorry, I'm skipping things here. Uh, I'll get back to that in a minute. But um, these angels, according to Ezekiel chapter 28, because remember, Lucifer was one as well, right? Uh, Lucifer was also an archangel. And, and, and Ezekiel 28 describes him a little bit. And as it describes him, you actually get a picture of what these angel, these angelic beings are doing. So, so it said, first of all, that they guard the sanctuaries of heaven, sanctuaries. And that's what we said. There's places in heaven and they are over these places, these realms in heaven that they guard over, that they watch, that they are actually in charge over, you know, under God's authority, of course. And they take charge over these areas. And um, archangels have great splendor, right? It's all of this is in Ezekiel chapter 28. Um, they are the wisest of all of heaven's creation, right? So they carry tremendous wisdom. They are the most beautiful of heaven's creation. Um, they are covered with nine precious stones or eyes. So these are very, you know, intriguing beings as well. And um, they are covered with gold, like because they carry tremendous glory. Uh, they walk the closest of any of heaven's creations to God. 
in the midst of the fiery stones. So these angels have a very specific function, a very specific duty. They are glorious beings and they walk super, super close to God and they walk with him uh, near that place and they have special assignments from the Lord. And among the creatures in heaven, they are seen of the most beautiful. But again, remember what I said that um, who is man that you are mindful of him, right? Psalm 8. And who is the son of man that you will give attention to him? Yet you've placed everything that you've created, you've placed under his feet. And this is the thing that I want you to remember that even with all of that glory, we're still the crown of creation, which fascinates me, right? We're still God's prize in creation and he loves us and he thinks we're just incredible. But we read about these beings and we go, oh, wow, they're, they're amazing. And they are, right? So that's the archangels. And these guys are usually cherubim. So, so cherubim is a kind of angelic being, but the archangel, it's a chief. It's like, a, like I said, it's a rank uh, that they take. But mostly it seems like they're cherubim, right? And so the cherubim are referred to 91 times in the Bible. Right, so you, there's a lot of mention about cherubims. And they are very interesting creatures. Um, uh, according to Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 1 to 11, there seems to be at least seven of them, at least seven of them that we know of, right? There could be more. And like I said, these are probably your archangels in any way. So they're kind of a, a, a rank of seven that sits and that forms part of the angelic government uh, of what God has put in place. So you can see that there's at least seven of them. And Ezekiel um, actually describes them very well because he had powerful encounters with God's glory and with the throne and with the cherubim that surrounds the throne. But you'll also see that it's interesting because cherubim, you, you can see cherubim all over the tabernacle and, and the temple, by the way. There's cherubim embroidered on, on the veil. There's cherubim almost everywhere. There's the symbolism of them. It's everywhere. And then, of course, the most famous place where we see them is where the cherubim would stand, um, you know, face to fa facing each other over the Ark of the Covenant. And they would stretch out their wings, touch, uh, you know, the tips of their wings, and they would be looking down at the mercy seat, which is a picture and a symbol of God's footstool, but he's thrown on the earth. And God said to Moses, he said, I will meet you and I will speak from you from among, from between the cherubim because that's where my glory will rest, right? So the cherubim are guardian angels. They guard the glory and the presence of God, right? So they are obsessed with maintaining the glory, with, with guarding the glory uh, of the Lord. And so they are really interesting beings. Um, 1 Samuel 4, verse 4, it says the following. It says, so the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims and the two sons of Eli. So it says that, you know, that God dwells between the, the cherubims, that the glory rests between the cherubims, right? So they're very amazing creatures. Like I said, they're on the curtains, they're on the veil, they're, you know, they're watching over the mercy seat. So they're very significant beings, you know, from the beginning of time, you actually find them. Um, according to Ezekiel 1, now, this is where things get a little bit fun, right? Because I don't know if you've read Ezekiel 1, but that just freaks me out completely. I'm like, I don't even understand what he's talking about. And here's the thing. I don't think he understood either, right? It's just he saw this stuff, and he's just like, okay, I'm just going to write down what I'm seeing because this is bizarre, right? And Because he actually gives a description of the cherubim in that, that image, uh, you know, that chapter, and later on he does the same thing. But 
from what we read in Ezekiel chapter 1, this is what we see about them, right? So all of this is, again, it's scripture. Um, each cherubim has, has four faces, the face of a lion, a man, the eagle, and the ox, right? So that, that you know, it's similar to Revelation 4. So we believe that's cherubim as well. There's a bit of a challenge because the one has more wings than the other. But if you listen to the description, it, it sounds like cherubim. So not sure exactly what, you know, what to make of that, but I have my opinion on it. So um, he says they have feet like a calf, right? So again, interesting creatures. They have four wings of which two covered their bodies and two were used to fly. They look like fire, right? So they look like fire, but they were covered in gold, in a gold-like color, amber, like a red gold color. So they look like fire, but they have gold all around in this red glow, right? So again, these creatures carry incredible glory and presence. Whew. Their wings make noise when they fly, right? So they are around the throne of God. So they're in proximity, like, like we just said. They stand on each side of the throne. They stand on each side of the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. They have a higher glory, according to Hebrews 9, verse 5. They are in perfect tune with and perfectly follow the Spirit of God. So Ezekiel 1, 12 says, when the Spirit moved, they just moved. It's up, down, doesn't matter. They were just, it was just perfect unison. Um, but whatever God was doing, they were just moving in that same direction. They also have an appearance like polished brass. Um, so that's the gold color once again, just emphasizing that. Lightning comes out of them, according to Ezekiel 1.13. So um, also you'll see that a cherubim actually guarded the way of the tree of life. Uh, so they actually guarded the entrance to the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3. So that God placed the cherubim right there at the gate. So that man couldn't enter in. And like I said earlier, Lucifer uh, was a cherubim. So again, keep these things in mind as I build up to where we're going. But these are incredible creatures uh, with very specific purpose. They are in close proximity to God. They are part of the archangel family. Or most, some of them have the rank of archangel. Uh, like I said, we know there's at least seven. Um, so that could be an you know, idea of how many archangels there is as well. Um, yeah, I believe there's seven. Uh, but anyway, so that's the story. Um, so these are incredible beings. But like I say, so they, they, this fire thing is around them. There's glory around them, wisdom around them. They have calf feeds, four faces, right? So that's always when I see those pictures of those little fat naked angels with a bow and arrow and you know, kind of this weird thing. And I'm thinking... You have no idea what you're talking about, man. This thing it looks like a lion, an eagle, an ox, a man. It's got four wings. These are incredible beings with nine stones and nine eyes on them. I mean, it's not the little fat angel. I'm assuring you it's not that one, right? These are different. So there's some things in heaven that I can think can really be, be quite scary. I mean, we, we, we think, you know, we have these pictures. And if you read Revelation 5, uh, where the whole scroll needs to be opened and there's no one worthy to open the scroll. And then finally somebody shouts, but there is one worthy. Remember, it's powerful scripture. And John says, who is it? Who is it? And then suddenly he looks and here comes the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth. But this Lamb had seven horns with seven eyes on them. And you go, okay. <laughs> right? And that's Jesus, right? And you think, okay, that's interesting. Right, and we all go, oh, no, it's all fluffy. No, I think some of this stuff, that's why they appear in the form of a man, because I think we would freak out and just, 
not be able to handle all of it, right? So there's interesting stuff out there, that's for sure. And uh, just know that, that, you know, there's stuff in the Bible and, you, and we kind of read over it. We're just like, oh, yeah, sure. No, it's, it's pretty interesting what's going on in the realm of the Spirit and what, really, what they really look like in heaven. But here's the thing. All of this is covered with the nature and the glory of God. Isn't that awesome? It's not like demonic stuff that come in and it's got this eerie, weird feel to it. Although this in our mind, it sounds strange, but I assure you when you see it, like Ezekiel, you're going to fall to the ground in awe and wonder, and you're going to want to worship God because of what they carry, right? So nothing about them is going to bring an evil, dark feeling to you. That's never going to happen because they're too close to God. It's impossible to be that close to God and have a negative effect on people. And it's the same with us, right? So we're going to emanate the life of God and the beauty of God, and you're actually going to go, wow. You might be a little bit afraid, but so, you, but you're also going to be a little bit afraid if Jesus walks through the wall right now. Am I right? You're going to be super excited, but that's also going to freak you out a little bit. Because we are afraid or we feel fear, the fear of the Lord, and it's hard to explain. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Like all throughout the Bible, Daniel, Zechariah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, when these guys had encountered with these high-level angelic beings, they were out for days, like for days. Daniel said, I was sick in my bed for days. I couldn't get up after the encounter that I had. You know, John as well. John would just collapse. I mean, so often in the book of Revelation, angels would have to pick him up and just say, come on, man, just, you know, strengthen the guy so that he can go up because he was completely overwhelmed. It's overwhelming to our senses, right? But somehow we must learn to step into that realm more and more so that we can actually handle more of it so that God can show us more, right? Does that make sense? I hope it does. Do something if you're there. Okay. All right. The next kind of angelic being is called seraphims, right? So they are only um, mentioned twice in the Bible. Uh, these are also very interesting creatures, and they're also very close to the throne. That's all we can figure out about them really, but we see the, the most descriptive passage on them is Isaiah 6, we all remember, right? Um, where Isaiah sees, you know, these beings and, the, and the, uh, the temple is filled with, you know, as the robe of God comes in, this, the glory of the Lord, the smoke fills the temple, right? That's why sometimes when the glory comes into a building, uh, you'll see it gets foggy in the room. I don't know if you've ever had that, but when you're in a meeting and, and like the Lord, the presence of God really starts coming into a place, it's almost like it gets foggy or smoky, it gets cloudy in a place. And that's just a sign of the glory, the presence of the Lord that, that moves in. Uh, we've had it, you know, so often where we come in, like literally the light would actually start dimming a little bit. It, it was just amazing to see that. Um, but, but anyway, so there's where you find seraphim. And they're called fiery ones. Uh, which is interesting, if you look at the word seraphim, it actually means a fiery serpent. Isn't that bizarre, right? <laughs> a fiery serpent. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, though, if you think of the story in Numbers 21. Uh, remember where snakes came into the camp? Yeah, God sent snakes into the camp because the people were rebellious. We don't like those stories, but that's what happened, right? So <laughs> snakes came in. And people were being bitten by these snakes and they were dying by the thousands. And, um, and then God said to Moses, go and, and make this uh, bronze serpent and put it on a stick and lift it up, right? And as you lift it up, everybody who looks on the serpent, they'll be healed, right? So if you think about the fact that that word for serpent there is seraphim, right, it, uh, is, is also seraphim, then it actually makes a lot of sense. And then you think of, 
John chapter 3, where, where Jesus says that, that just as Moses lifted the serpent, so it will be with me when I am lifted, that people will look at me and they'll be safe and they'll be healed. So it's an interesting thing if you kind of start putting things together like this. But the seraphim, uh, they don't have legs that we can see. They don't have feet, so they're always hovering. They're always just floating because there's no feet uh, that we pick up. Um, where the cherubim actually stands around the throne, the seraphim hovers um, around the throne. It, it, it almost seems like they're God's attendants. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, that's kind of the best description that I've seen. It's like, almost looks like they serve specifically to God's whatever desires he might have or needs, which is weird because what does he need? I don't know. But, but anyway, whatever, you know, they, they serve him around the throne. Because even if you look at that encounter in Isaiah 6, you know, they take the coal from the altar, they put it on Isaiah's mouth. So, so whatever is in the heart of the Lord, they actually, you know, they actually do that. Um, it seems like in that scripture. They are the ones that's continually crying out, holy, 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 right? They're continuously in this place of worship. And it's amazing because you see all the creatures in heaven that's in close proximity to the throne, they always start crying out, holy. It's a pattern all throughout the Bible that something about the holiness of God gets hold of you when you're in proximity. And something about the beauty of holiness actually grips you and it changes you. And this cry starts coming out of your heart. So it just wants to go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, right? And, and you know, that, that song, I love Agnes Day. It's just one of the most powerful songs to this day for me because there's something about that song that just grips, I think, something about the heart of heaven's worship when it comes to proximity to the Lord, and you actually start seeing it. And holiness is what rises up and hits you about the Lord. Isn't that phenomenal? That his holiness is what gets them singing, right? Because his holiness is what sets him apart. His holiness is what's ma what makes him different. To, to say that holy, holy, it's almost like you're different, you're different, you're different, I'm seeing something different again, you know? And that's the beauty um, of our Lord, that even these creatures cannot but keep quiet, right? In the presence of the Lord, these glorious beings just fall on their faces. <laughs> Think about it. These cherubim, glorious beings, these seraphim, glorious beings, all they want to do when they get close is fall on their face and worship the Lord because he is magnificent, right? Nothing compares, nothing can touch the majesty and the glory that he has, right? And even these seraphim, that's the desire of their heart. It's just to sing holy, 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 right? The cry is so loud, it shakes the doorposts of heaven. They have six wings, as we see. And I already mentioned the, the mention in Numbers and John, right? Um, so these beings are amazing. And these beings often bring purification, right? Because they, they are part, because holiness is such a desire in them, that's what they see. What did they do with Isaiah? They brought that coal of fire from the altar and they touched his mouth. And suddenly he's holy and he's pure and he's ready. And all he wants to do is go right so when these beings are released into the earth i believe there's a wave of holiness that comes there's something about a cleansing that comes i actually gave a word about two three years i can't remember exactly but about two three years ago where i said that the fire of the lord's going to come and it's not the fire I, to be honest i still think we're still kind of in it but 16 uh, but uh, 2016 17 uh, 18 and 19 was about the fire of the lord 
and it wasn't the revival fire, although this leads to revival, but it was the fire of his purification. It's like the seraphim was released and something about that flame was released into the earth. There was a cleansing uh, of the body of Christ. There was a cleansing in our own lives of things that needed to be dealt with, right? The next grouping of angels I want to mention, you also see them once, and that's in Daniel chapter 4, where Daniel speaks of these angels or these beings called watchers, right? Very interesting beings. As far as I know, it's only in Daniel 4 that we see them. Um, they're interesting because they, that's what they do. They watch, they take record of what's happening on the earth. Uh, they carry great authority, if you look at Daniel 4. Uh, they observe and report. That's literally what they do. They observe and report. They give feedback. And they judge and they sentence. So they actually have authority from God and God. Which remember, just again, remember Psalm 103, verse 20 and 21. These angels act on the word of the Lord, right? They act on God's word. That's all that they do. So when God speaks, they exercise that. Uh, they bring that into being. So when, when, when I say they judge and sentence, it's based on what the Lord said in any way. It's not on their own authority. That, that would make them rebellious and fallen angels. Um, it seems like these watchers, they make unchangeable decrees. So it's like God gives them words and they declare these things and they're not changed. What, what they say, uh, when it, that's done, right? That's the eternal word because God places it in their hearts. That's, that's how we should be in any way. But, but anyway, and then... Um, what I read somewhere, and this is not out of the Bible, this is just out of people that just, you know, has lots of experiences in this realm. Uh, many believe that this could probably be also that watchers probably acted as the angel of death. Like that's kind of what they did as well. Because you remember in Exodus, you'll see the angel of death coming in and all, of, you know, in the Old Testament specifically, you saw the angel of death moving, uh, you, you know, on behalf of the Lord. And the next group, I want you to quickly... Um, open your Bibles in uh, Colossians chapter 1. I just want to read this to you real quick. Uh, chapter 1, verse 16. Are you guys still okay? We're still good on time. Yeah, a little bit good on time. A little bit good. All right. So I want to read you this verse. It's so awesome. It, it just uh, I love Colossians 1. Uh, I love all of Colossians, but 1, verse 15 to 20, 21. It's just this absolute description of Jesus. Uh, so it's just an awesome letter. All Colossians, it's just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So it's awesome. But verse 16, it says, For by him, that's Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible. I just want to mention that again. Um, we touched on that way in the beginning, but nothing is created that wasn't created by him. Right? He's the only one with creative ability. So everything was created by him. All the angels were created by him. Obviously, we were created by him. Heaven and earth, all of those things were created. He was corrupted, of course, with the fall of man and with man's rebellion against, against God. Um, but everything uh, was created by God. So even the fallen angels were created by Jesus, yet they chose uh, against God. They chose against their, um, you, you know, what God decided for them, and they went the direction of rebellion. So just keep that in mind. So it says, um, things in heaven and things on the earth, things visible and in invisible. And then he goes into this and he says, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by his activity and for him. Okay? So whether thrones 
or rulers or the, or dominions or powers, right? Have you noticed this? You, you'll see these words. Ephesians 6 verse 12, you see the same thing. Your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the principalities, the powers, and the spirits in heavenly places. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 speaks of the same thing. Romans 8 speaks of the same thing. Nothing can separate us from God. Not thrones, powers, dominions, angels, demons. Remember all of that? And we, we, I don't know if that ever triggered you a little bit like, what are, what are they talking about? Because it's such a specific order uh, that is given. You know, it, it's, it, and you can see this, these aren't just random things that Paul is mentioning because he repeats it over and over in his writings. And it's like, you know, I always just kind of thought it, it's a different way of saying there's authority and then there's things with greater authority and things with much greater authority. I don't know what these things are. It's just forces coming against us. I never, you know, you just, for so long, you never even think about it. Um, but then at some point, I kind of started seeing that it can't be just random stuff that he's spitting out here because it actually, you see it over and over. You see it describing the things of God. You see it describing uh, spiritual warfare. And I actually started realizing just by reading and, and, you know, just digging into stuff a little bit that these are actually angelic beings that he's mentioning, right? So rulers or principalities, it, it, it interchanges the world, is again the world arche or arch, arch, what we just spoke about. These are archangels or chief angels, right? So again, he's actually speaking about angelic beings, heavenly beings, and demonic beings, or kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light. Both of them exist, like we said last week. But these rulers or principalities, it's angelic beings, it's archangels. Um, these, they inspire kings and people, uh, peoples to rise or fall. That's again, if you look at Daniel. So they've got tremendous authority, and you see them mentioned over and over. Ephesians 1.21, you can go and look, you see the same kind of a list again. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 12 and 13, um, Colossians 1, 16, and Romans 8, verse 38. You'll see them mentioned as well. Um, the next one on the list is actually called the being called thrones. They're actually, it's angelic beings. You'll see over and over, you'll see Daniel also speaks. I think it's Daniel, um, yeah, Daniel chapter 7, where it says, with the ancient of days, he came to sit down and judge. And the thrones were prepared before him. It's quite an interesting thing, right? And you see over and over these thrones that are mentioned, the 24 elders, they sit on thrones. And remember in heaven, almost everything is alive, right? Uh, nothing is not, almost everything is alive in heaven. There's no death in heaven. So even the throne is alive, right? And you can actually see it because the throne moves. If you look at Ezekiel 1, the throne of God actually moves around. It's not a, it's not a, st a stationary thing. It's something that actually moves. Right, so these thrones are actually angelic beings, and um, and it's not like a chair that you sit on, <laughs> you know. I don't know, but the point is that they, they are principalities, they, they have a, a seating, but you can't, it's a place of rest. Um, man, I, I just got born again, I got born again in 2006, and I think I did my first preaching in 2007, something like that, and I was invited to preach uh, at this place. A youth, you know, like a youth uh, event thing. And um, I just shared my testimony. I remember in the worship, I had such an awesome time in worship. And the next minute I looked and I saw in the spirit and I kept seeing that I saw these thrones in heaven, but there was nobody sitting on them. And I just couldn't understand what's going on. I thought, you know, what, what's the story behind this? 
it literally took me years to figure it out because I always thought like Jesus is definitely on the throne. He's not off of the throne. The Father is not off of the throne. So what's going on with this thing, uh, you know, about these empty thrones? And then God started speaking to me about us not taking our thrones in heaven, but us not sitting on our thrones at the place that he's prepared for us in heaven. And then it gets really intriguing if you think of it as actually an angelic being. <laughs> it's actually a living creature, right, that the elders are sitting on. It's a living creature. It's a throne. It's a, it's a power. A throne, it, it signifies a seat of authority. And that seat of authority sits over areas and over regions. So principalities come and they sit on this throne, which is like a mini altar, basically, that was raised up through that area. So that altar can be your prayers. That altar could be witchcraft. That altar could be worship. That altar could be, uh, you know, addiction. But you set that thing up and principalities and powers uh, of, uh, you know, or rulers will come and sit on that. And that will be, that will strengthen them in that area or in that place in your life. But you also have a throne that you need to take up, right? So that's just an interesting idea. And yeah, there's probably a lot more to say about that. I don't have it yet, but it maybe it's just enough to provoke you into looking a little bit more into that because it's quite interesting, right? Uh, again, the Prince of Persia, the Prince of Greece that we saw in Daniel chapter nine, they all had thrones, right? They, they were on thrones over areas. A prince has a throne, right? And this is kind of that connection uh, with this being. Because you're going to see, I'm going to jump in later to Ezekiel 1 again. We're going to speak about the wheel within a wheel that the throne actually moves on, right? So it's all connected. It's all alive. And these beings actually exist. And uh, the next one that's mentioned in that list is powers or authorities. And that word power is exousia, which is great power. It's like, it's a... It's a very intense power, right, that is described in that thing. So it's powers or authorities. That's also heavenly beings. Uh, these powers, because exousia is the power or the authority of an army, right? So these, they move armies or they cause nations to rise ab above other nations, right? So again, they force this thing. And again, it's in the angelic realm and they actually... They, they, they rule over the host of heaven. So they, they, you know, they get the armies of God moving into action and moving into, into fighting. Um, again, the scriptures are a similar one that we just mentioned. And then the next one is dominions or masters, right? So they're also high authority uh, angelic beings that rules over other angels in heaven and has authority in them. Um, and they also, they, they are very involved in uh, regions and tribal issues. Right, so you have principalities that's over areas, over kingdoms, right? Powers, thrones, authorities. But these dominions were over more regional areas. They can be over a, a, a suburb, a neighborhood, things like that. So it's it's and why I mention these things is it's encouraging for us to understand that that's how much angelic there is going on around us. Right, so we have these layers of angelic government and assignment that they have and instructions that they carry over regions, kingdoms, nations, continents, and then over areas. Just so it, it, it goes from very big picture to very micro, you're going to see in a minute, of just how these angelic beings is activated by God, how structured and how ordered the kingdom of God is, right? And we often, and I mentioned this specifically because so often we, we talk about the kingdom and, and, and the flow of the spirit is such a phenomenal thing. And I'm part of that, hopefully. Uh, I believe I am, and I try and grow in that more and more. But often we kind of associate that with almost like uh, 
a lack of order, which is just not true. Uh, you know, there's no ways that the angelic is that organized, that the kingdom is that organized, that we can be so disorganized. It's, that's not right. To, to flow with the spirit, absolutely, because all these beings flow with the spirit. Like I said in the beginning, they are 100% in tune with the spirit, but there's order and there's structure, and everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And that should challenge us a little bit just about the way we do life, the way we approach things. You know, if this is how God functions, uh, I think he wants the same from us. And he actually wants that kind of order within love, relationship, righteousness, all of those things, absolutely. But there's, there's, there's safety in the fact that things are organized. And it's actually the way God wants to do things, right? There's nothing wrong with, with, with the fact that things are organized and that things are in place. And we should actually celebrate that and think, my goodness, this is an awesome attribute of God. Because within that, it actually gives us 100% freedom to move according to the Spirit. And that's what we want, right? So again, powers, authorities, dominions, mights. It's another angelic being that's mentioned. Uh, I'm going to jump a little bit. I just want to move on. And then angels just... The basic word for angel is the word malak, right? So they are messengers. Um, they are um, heaven's logistical agents. It's how I think John Paul Jackson describes them. They're heaven's logistical agents, right? So, so they boast of God. They celebrate God. They love being obedient to God. They love acting on the word of the Lord. And they cause things to ha happen. They arrange for things to happen, right? So angels are often involved in connecting things, right? Think about the story with uh, Cornelius and Peter, how an angel appeared to, to Cornelius and then, you know, Peter went to, into a trance and the, and the angel said to Cornelius, send some people to Peter, he's going to be there. So what happened is, is God used the angels to bring the preacher and those that needed to be preached to together, right? So it's amazing how angels are a part of that story and the whole Gentile world opened up because of an angelic encounter, Right? Yes, a trance too, but an angelic encounter is what started the thing off with Cornelius. That's phenomenal, right? So angels are an integral part, and that's sometimes I, I think they you know, play a big role in, in divine connections and, and, and in timing. You know how important timing is for, you know, often you go, man, if I, would, you know, if I would have been one minute later, then I would never have seen you. You know those kind of things? Yeah, I think angels are involved in that a lot. You know, that guy that annoyed you, that walked really slow in front of you in the line and you were wondering why. Yeah, it could be an angel or just somebody walking slow. But anyway, maybe something to think about, right? So angels and then hosts, that's another word described. Again, these hosts are uh, they're almost parallel to being God's butlers, right? So they really serve the purposes of the Lord. They minister, they wait, they serve on the Lord. They seek to please God. They fulfill the pleasure of God. And they are witnesses of heaven's intent on earth, right? That's all angels will do that. All angels will glorify Jesus, will glorify and advance the purpose of the kingdom. They're not going to speak in a different direction. The next group of beings that you see, it's living wheels. That's Ezekiel 1, the wheel within a wheel. Remember? The wheel within a wheel that doesn't turn, which is weird, right? It's a wheel within a wheel, but it doesn't turn. So it's more like a sphere, right? It's actually a, more like a ball. And it's got eyes all around it, and it's just moving wherever the Spirit leads, right? Um, uh, it says, Ezekiel 1.20, wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went, because there the Spirit went, and the wheels were lifted together with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Interesting stuff. So it's like, you know, the cherubim here and the wheel within a wheel, that they're interconnected somehow. 
yeah, it's interesting. I think Ezekiel is figuring it out now, right? Um, they make great and thunderous noise. It's like this massive noise when, we, when these wheels start turning. They have numerous eyes, and they almost have a, like an aquamarine color, you know, like a, a bluish turquoise kind of a color. And they contain coals of fire to purify and for judgment. That's Ezekiel 10 verse 6. So it's interesting. There's also these coals of fire coming out of them. And they appear as a wheel of burning fire below the throne of God. Right, so it's kind of like the throne is on them and that's how it moves, which is really interesting, right? So again, interesting creatures in heaven. And, and I mentioned this, first of all, because it's in your Bible. So it's not like I'm being weird. The Bible is weird. It's not my fault, right? I think it is weird. But it's in the Bible, right? And I mention it because I think so often we go, that can't be from the Lord. But if we read this stuff and you go, yeah, it, there is some strange things out of there. I mean, there's actually a living creature that's a sword. Do you know that? There's an angelic being that looks like a sword. It's in Genesis. This angelic living sword that's just spinning in front of the way to the tree of life. What's that about? Right? But it's alive. So there's these things out there that we don't understand. And I want us to open our minds and our spirits a little bit and say, Lord, we don't have it all figured out. We don't. But, but we're willing to learn and we want to learn. So please come and show us if there's things out there because we want to encounter more. And also you see some things in your spirit sometimes and we go, ah, it's just nothing because it's too weird. What if it's not too weird? What if the fact that it is weird actually means that you're right? <laughs> that you actually are seeing something. You actually are having an encounter, right? And, and I, so I want to encourage you guys to just step into that stuff a little bit. The next uh, being is, is called um, Isha, right? It's a winged woman who carried the evil woman away to Babylon in the book of Zechariah 5, verse 9, right? Right there in the Bible. I'm not making this up. So they actually put her in it like a blank and they lifted her. Zechariah 5, 9, I'm going to read it to you. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were two women, right, coming with the wind in their wings. So they had wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Right, so in the basket was this, the, the, you know, the the the, the um, harlot, right? And they lifted her up and they removed her to a different place. Now these heavenly beings, these ladies, females with wings like a stork, very very from God, right? So they serve in our kingdom. So again, there's interesting stuff out there. And why I'm telling you this is just to realize that that our our world needs to become a little bit bigger, uh, and we need to learn as much as we can, so that when we go to heaven one day. We can actually just tell God what we learned, right? And, and we can just say, listen, this is what we saw. And when we see those winged creatures, we go, oh, man, I read of you and I saw you that time. And imagine the conversations we're going to have in heaven one day. And those angels are going to be, you know what? I was in your house the whole time. You never once saw me. What's up with that, right? Uh, you know, it's going to be fun. It's, I think it's going to be awesome. I have no idea how that's going to turn out, but it's going to be interesting, right? And there's awesome stuff out there and we need to, open our minds, open our spirits and go into that. And that's what I want to help you with um, for the next couple of minutes, 20, or, 20 minutes or half an hour, is the practical side of this, right? So we've been just kind of giving you a, a biblical background, a biblical foundation. But just for me personally, I'm going to make it a bit more personal. I never, I, I didn't see much uh, when I started out as a um, you know, as a Christian, I, I saw visions and I had things like that, but not like, you know, I, 
angels and those things were, were foreign to me. I didn't even think about heavenly encounters or going to heaven or anything like that. Um, but I had impressions um, of stuff. And I, I said it, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times here. I want to say it again to you guys. If you are having impressions, that's the starting point to all encounters. Do you hear me? To have an impression. And what I mean is, uh, I always talk about a knowing. It's just a knowing. You just, you can't explain it, but you just know something's going to happen or you know something's in the room. You just know it. You, you, you don't have words for it. You didn't see it. You didn't feel it, but you just know, right? It's like a deep impression in your spirit. And I believe that's how God actually starts training us in the realm of the spirit to grow and to see and to hear and to experience more. So in the beginning, that's what I had. I had impressions, right? So I would stand in a room, and I've mentioned this as, I think I did well, I don't know. I would stand in rooms, and then some of my friends who are seers or just more experienced in, in the supernatural, especially in the prophetic stuff, they would stand and they say, I, I see an angel standing in that corner of the room. And I would always be like, you know, I don't see it. Like, I don't know. And then I'm also like this. If you tell me there's one, then I want to know if it's true or not. Don't just tell me stuff. I want to, you know, why are you saying it? I need to know if it's true. And then I would always, when they're finished, and then I would always kind of sneak over to that corner in the room. I would just go and stand there and feel, am I feeling anything, right? I would sometimes literally stand in the corner and I would just step into the corner and step out and feel if I feel a difference or not. Does it make sense? I don't know if you've ever had that. You know, some of you guys might have had that experience before, but sometimes when we pray for people, you would pray and the next minute you would feel there's like this pocket. I don't know how to describe it differently, but it's almost like this pocket where things just happen. It's like, this is where it's happening. I don't know why. You can step into it and you can just feel there's a different, different presence there. And all of this stuff was part of just experimenting and learning and hearing people say that I feel there's an angel in the room and then I go close my eyes or just whatever and I'm like trying to see. I'm not seeing a thing. But I actually start feeling that the atmosphere is changing, right? And I want to encourage you guys, it doesn't matter where you are, what gifting set you have in the Lord, but impressions are super powerful, right? It is a powerful thing that God has given us. And it's often the starting point to greater encounter and to greater um, you know, experiences in the supernatural. So learn to be sensitive to those impressions and exercise it. Put it to the test, right? Like, I, you know, when, when we do street ministry or, or when we did especially like, you know, shopping center ministry where we took guys out and we just went on treasure hunts and all kind of things like that, I would actually stand with people and I would pray for them and then I would feel like there's an angel standing behind them. I didn't see it. I just felt it. And then this is where faith comes in, right? Because now you feel it. So how are you, how are you going to know that it's real unless you actually activate it by faith and step into that, right? So what I would do is I would tell people, listen, there's an angel standing behind you. And they'll be like, right, you know? And then I'll tell them, okay, what I want you to do, because I can see it on their face. They're not, you know, but you just know, they're like, whatever, you're not going and then I'll just go, all right, what I want you to do is just take a step back and you're going to feel something. And then they go, oh, sure, okay, I'm kind of just trying to, you know, tolerate you. <laughs> and then they take a step back and you can see their eyes. They go, wow, because there's a presence in that place. And suddenly, you know, man, I felt something or I saw it, however you saw that, 
Like people often ask me, what, what did, do you see it physically or do you see it in the spirit? Bob Jones always said, what's the difference, right? Bob Jones said, what, the, what does it matter? If it's naturally, did it physically appear like the handkerchief or is it in the spirit? What's the difference? It's still real, isn't it? You know, so that can help you already just to make that switch that what's the difference? And there is a difference. I, I get it. When Jesus walks physically into the room versus Jesus walking in vision form into the room, there's a difference. But what he was trying to say with that statement is, guys, get out of your heads and just what's in the spirit is as real as what's in the natural. And that shift needs to come, right? But when you actually act on what you feel with an impression and you start activating that thing, it's going to open up and you're going to grow in confidence and faith that what you're feeling is right. Okay, so impressions are super important when it comes to the angelic. So now the other thing, uh, like people often say, you know, I have one friend specifically always said when angels, when angels are in the room, it smells like lightning. That was way back in 2011, man, I was still new at all of this stuff. And he would just say, oh, when an angel's in the room, it would smell like lightning. And then I would just start going, and then one night he said, well, there's an angel in the room. So I know he's, he's smelling it. So I go, you know, I'm trying to figure this thing out. I just had nothing, right? And, and I couldn't put it together. But now, you know, if, when you started studying the scriptures, then you see that these angels, actually there's lightning coming out of them. So what, what did he see? He probably saw a cherubim, right? That's probably what he saw. Or he saw whichever angel it was that said, that's probably just the messenger angel that sat at the grave of Jesus when the woman came and it looked like lightning his clothes. And suddenly you go, makes sense. Why wouldn't it smell like, smell like lightning, right? They look like lightning. It surely can smell like lightning. Or you smell fire in the room. You can actually smell it sometimes. You go, you smell that fire. And you know the angels are in the room, right? Could be cherubim, could be seraphim, could just be angelic beings. Why? Because aren't my ministers like wind and my angels like fire? Yeah? So why wouldn't it smell like fire, Right? Or why wouldn't you see the light flashing in the room when angels come in? It's what the Bible says, but our minds tell us, no, it's just something else. And listen, I'm not, you know, you, you've got to watch out because um, luckily I've learned, but because you stand in a church setting sometimes and you see these lights flashing and I'm like, oh, this is it. And then you suddenly see the electric guitar has got like, a, you know, you know an aluminum guitar or something and it's just, all the light flashing off of his guitar. So obviously, don't be an idiot. <laughs> but, uh, but, but also, venture in that direction. Again, by when you see something, when you have an impression of something, act on it and actually start testing it. Like, see, there's a fruit to what, what we just saw. Is there fruit to what we've just seen? I think I mentioned last week about wind. I actually started, we had wind coming into the room. Like the windows are closed and then suddenly there's a cold wind in the room. And you go, where did that come from? No air come. Uh, you go, where did that come from? Or somebody would stand and there's a wind that starts whirling around them. Okay, so what's that now? That's either the Holy Spirit or it's, or it's an angelic being that came into the room because they are like wind. Okay, so the thing why I gave you all of these scriptures is it's actually keys to help discern angelic beings. Because there's a, a definition in the Bible of who and what they are. So that helps you to recognize them in the natural, right, when they come. But impressions is how things start. So don't feel like, listen, I'm not the super seer or something. 
and therefore I can't have that realm is not accessible to me. That's not true, right? <coughs> Excuse me, guys. So I want to encourage you to take risks in this stuff and to start following your impressions when it comes to this realm. Again, when it comes to activating angels, just remember, first of all, uh, they're always there. So they're always there. It's, it's not... We often feel that we have to start something. No, it's we have to become aware of what has already been started, right? It's already going on. It's already there. We just need to start waking up and, and start recognizing that it's there. Um, as I said, when you take up your calling, when you act in obedience, angels actually start moving. I, I, I believe, and I, I can't say it's a categorical fact, but... I actually believe that with the gifts, there's angelic activation as well. Like there's angelic assistance that comes with some of the gifts of the Spirit. And I believe God releases that to help us in that process. So it's a gift of the Spirit, but I believe there's angels that's part of that as well. I've actually seen where, 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 where we're standing in places ministering and God would start giving up gifts to people. Our angels would come and they would stand in front of people with, with trays. And the gifts would be on the trays and the angels would just stand there and people can take it by faith and receive it by faith. You know, So they're always part of things. They're there. And when we take up our calling, when we step into our gifting, it actually activates them. And it will start moving them because they move on faith. They move on obedience to the word, right? So just keep that in mind uh, regarding all of this. Um, th the thing is our spiritual senses needs to be awakened, Right? Our spiritual senses needs to be awakened. And many of us uh, are sometimes one-dimensional in, in our senses, right? So, I mean, we all know the scripture, Hebrews 5, 14, where it says, but solid food. So he's speaking about the difference between immature believers, mature believers. He's saying some of you are still on milk, you know, but you should actually have been, you know, teaching by now. And then he goes on and he says, but solid food is for the spiritually mature, right? So he's speaking about the word. Whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. What is evil. So, so the writer is actually saying, listen, you need to train your senses, right? Your spiritual senses, your natural senses to discern the difference between good and evil. So you have to, I mean, obviously this whole sentence, there's something wrong with the sentence. Either the guy is crazy or he's speaking about spiritual stuff because you know it's impossible with your senses to discern a moral issue. It's, it's, it's impossible with your natural senses to discern good and evil, which is like an abstract thing, right? So, so he's speaking about a spiritual reality and how your physical senses and your spiritual senses can be trained by practice, Right? To actually see what's going on around you, to discern what's happening in the spirit realm, and and we need to just step into that a little bit more and take more risks. Like I said, impressions is one of the first things. That's how I started. Impressions is the way I started. Is I, I felt things, I felt it deeply, and I followed the conviction. Right? I, I took a risk in that direction, and it either worked or it didn't. But at least I took a risk. And and listen, God loves it when we do that when we take chances and we go in a direction, even when we're not sure. I'll rather be making a fool of myself trying and not do anything at all, right? And because and, too many of us, we're not, we're not going there because we're afraid of mistakes. Listen, you have to be responsible. Of course you need to be. Don't be reckless. 
But practice in safe environments where you have believers that love you and you, you can just say, listen, man, I still do it to this day. I might be missing this completely, but I'm just going to try. This is what I feel, right? And if you miss it completely, people can just go, no, man, you missed it completely, right? I mean, you go, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to learn how to do this stuff. So excuse me, can I play for you in any way, right? So when we come in humility, right, that already makes it easy for people to see that we're coming in humility, we're trying, we're still learning, we're still growing, and that's kind of the way that God is dealing with us. So keep that in mind in, in your walk, that we're all still failing, but you have to act on the impression. You have to start moving in that direction. So here's um, a couple of ways that I've discerned angels in the past. These are my own experiences. So I'm going to quickly run through them, and then we're going to pray for you guys, and we're going to just try and activate that a little bit. Uh, the first one is smell. So like I said earlier, it's like you sometimes smell something in the room, fire, lightning, or I'll smell perfume in the room. And, uh, you know, it's not... For me personally, how I taste that is just you stand in the room and you don't smell it, and then the next minute you smell it. Nobody walked by you. Uh, nobody, you know, nobody did anything weird. So not, there was no movement, and suddenly there's a smell coming into the room from a direction that doesn't make sense. So for me, that is usually a good key that, you know, something's happening. Like I said, fire, lightning, or just perfumes. I've, I've smelled anointing oils in the room, not, not people, but like a heavenly smell. And, um, and you smell that stuff, and you just go with it. And usually how you know it's true is when you speak it. It's almost like what, what I find personally is when you, when you recognize something in the spirit and you give voice to it, it's almost like power comes on it. It, it, you understand? So it's like this discernment. So you discern something in the spirit, but by actually voicing it, it's like it releases that thing and anointing comes on it. it, it you know, so, so sometimes it comes, but there's a, there's a level of knowledge in the spirit that something is here, but the anointing hasn't shifted because of it. But the minute when you speak it, it's like it connects and then the room shifts. And a lot of us, we don't, we don't go into that place um, uh, a lot of times we don't go into that place because we're afraid of, you, you know, like, like making a mistake or afraid of saying it. But unless you say it, you won't know, right? And I mean, not all of us has, has a microphone and a pulpit, but you have a friend standing next to you, you have a leader, you have somebody that you can talk to, right? So just keep that in mind. The second thing is feeling, right? So uh, like I said last week, when the angelic comes, it often, it feels like, to me, often it feels like this tickling like somebody tickles your hair a little bit like this, it goes on all around. It's this soft presence that comes into the room. So that's one of the ways I, I feel it sometimes. Pins and needles, you know, I feel that. Um, physical touch, I think I mentioned that last week. Uh, I don't know if you've been in a worship setting, close your eyes, there's nobody around you. And the next minute you just feel like a touch like that on your shoulder and you, you kind of go, you know, and there's nobody that walked there. Now, that's probably an angel. You probably, that's probably an angel. You bumped into an angel or an angel bumped into you, right? Because here's the thing. If there's no natural explanation for it, then it's got to be supernatural, right? Okay? Now, whether it's demonic or angelic, that you need to figure out through your discernment. But again, context is important. Like if I'm standing in a worship setting, all my focus, all my affection is aimed towards the Lord, right? And a demon comes in. He's really stupid right? That's not a good place for him to be. 
And so probably that disqualifies a lot of things because I know what I'm engaging in that moment. So that's for me personally, I try and make it simple. Maybe it's too simple, but it, it works for me, right? Um, like I said, feeling wind, feeling fire, those kind of things. Uh, that's really awesome. I've had people, we prayed for them that had knee, knee issues. And I prayed for them. And as I prayed, I, I stood back and I felt like don't touch them. And I said, you're going to start feeling a wind whirling around your knee. And God's going to heal you. God's going to touch you. And the next minute, they actually started feeling it. Like you can put your hand there. You felt this wind going around them, right? And, and you know, God healed their, their, their knee, uh, which was awesome. Um, another time I was standing in a place. I was at a women's camp. And uh, uh, it was so cool because I was, I was ministering. And we're touching. Uh, we're, we're praying for healing. And this lady had tinnitus in her, in her right ear, if I remember correctly, uh, left ear. And uh, I was standing praying for her. And the next minute, I, 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 you know, I was putting my hand on her ear like this, just, just touching her. And the next minute, I saw an angel standing right next to the ear uh, that had the issue. And he stood like this, and he just went, just blew into her ear. And all I did is I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, just copy what he's doing. And I'm like, okay. So I went and I stood by that ear, and I just stood, and I just blew on her ear. And I think she had the tinnitus for like 20, um, uh, like 20 years. I don't know. It was like very long. And God just immediately healed that thing, completely healed because of this angel that started, you know, just blowing in her ear. So that was me feeling something, seeing something and acting upon it. And, and we had a result, right? Because you're partnering with the angelic. Um, so when it comes to sound, uh, like I said, I'll, you'll hear the sound of wind sometimes. You can just hear it in a room. It's like you hear this movement in a room. Can't explain it, but there's there's that. Um, I don't know if you ever heard when when angels start worshiping. Um, it's one of those things that I think it's happened, but but it's hard to describe it. When you stand in a place, uh, we were in the service one time, and so, somebody like somebody that's part of the worship team, they weren't on that night, but they were standing close by. And they came. They said, "Listen, there's a sound coming. There's no instrument." on the stage that can do that. So there's like, you know, something supernatural going on, like a pitch that you don't understand. So you can actually hear them sometimes. Um, you hear the sound of wind, you hear the sound of feathers, like that, you know, that, that kind of uh, sound. And footsteps, like I, I have that, I don't know if other people have it, but I'll sometimes uh, sleep at night and you kind of hear these footsteps just, you know, kind of going off in, in the room. And in the beginning it freaked me out because I thought it was demonic. And then I started speaking to the Holy Spirit, and he said, no, that's, that's okay. Uh, they're good guys. They're with you. you know, so, so that's pretty awesome. Um, so that's just one of the ways I've, I've discerned that. When it comes to sight or seeing them, um, like I said, fog or smoke or mist in the room, it's, it's the glory of the Lord, but there's usually angelic stuff involved in that. Um, other times, I'll just stand, you'll kind of see the outline of a person, like a silhouette almost of somebody. And uh, that's usually one of the ways I see them as well. Um, or I'll just see them. Like I'll, I'll open my eyes and I just see in the spirit. Here's an angel. I can describe him. I can tell him, tell you what his eyes look like, his face, all of that. It's not always like that, but, but it happens occasionally. Um, uh, the, the other thing that, that happens in the beginning, is specifically this happened, is I would just close my eyes and it would be like light flashing when you close your eyes or different colors of light flashing while you're, you're in a worship setting. I don't know if you guys have had that before. 
Um, but it's just these lights flashing all around the room and it, it kind of gets uh, interesting. And, 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 you know, you're not quite sure what it is. And in the beginning, I always thought, oh, it's just my eyes or my mind just kind of adjusting or something. But then I realized later that it kind of only happens in spiritual settings. Yeah, you know, so there must be something about it. If you start monitoring where it happens, there's, there's definitely something about it. So these lights, I, I, I had it one time in, um, we were in Mexico. I was just sitting in my, uh, in our room one morning alone uh, with, you know, the kids and Maurice were still sleeping. I just, I got up real early for some reason. So I just sat on my bed and my eyes were open. I was just praying, spending time with the Lord. And the next minute I physically started seeing lights going off in the room. Like it looked like somebody would take their hand and just swipe it like this and this light would just follow their light. So um, it was actually green that time and green, you know, speaks of healing. And anyway, so, so you, you, it's like a physical thing or you see, or you'll sit and you'll see a physical flash. My eyes will be open. You see a flash going off next to you. And like, again, there wasn't a car driving by. It's not a guitar. It's not somebody opened the mirror or something. And you just go, okay, well, there's something. And what I'll do then is just, I'll see the flash. I'll recognize it. And then I'll start discerning. Then I'll start going to the impression side of things or the knowing side. Or I'll just go, Lord, uh, is, is this, you know, who's here? What's, what's happening in this situation, right? Is this an angel? What's happening? Am I going crazy? And I'll say, if it, if it is an angel, just do something again that I know. And then either I'll feel it again or I'll see it again or something will happen, right? So it's, and, and again, guys, this, this is what's awesome about it. It's, it's about the relationship with the Lord. Right, because it's part of the journey of going, oh, I saw something. Okay, Lord, did I see something? And I think God loves it that we're like that. He's like, you're excited about my stuff. So maybe in the beginning you miss it completely the whole time. And then at some point he's just like, just help him out. Just send somebody. Just you know, <laughs> go and help the dude out. At least he's looking, you know. Uh, think about Moses with, with that encounter in Exodus 3. What if he didn't turn at the burning bush, Right. What if he just went, I oh, no, you know, got to go to the sheep. But he actually left the flock and he went into the encounter. By the way, for leaders, sometimes you have to leave the flock and you need to go for the encounter, right? Don't get caught up in stuff. Sometimes you need to leave that thing behind so that you can have an encounter, so that you can lead in a way that's, that, that's better and more solid and more glory, more presence, um, you know, in what you do. So that's, that's some of the ways I've seen. And then in taste, like... Um, uh, I didn't always realize that, and then somebody helped me later. Uh, it's like you taste metal, uh, like the taste of metal, and that's also sometimes angels in the room, and especially when it starts happening with, with metal miracles, like metal disappearing out of people's bodies or, or gold teeth, um, things like that. One of the things would be that I look out for is that taste, because I, I, you know, I learned about it, so it helped me uh, to, to recognize things a whole lot easier. And all of this stuff comes together and building that kind of a testimony around it. Um, again, you asked me why is this important? Well, it's part of the kingdom, so I think it's important. They're there to help, so I think it's important. And personally, it's made a difference in my life, right? Uh, personally, I've seen things shift because of this. I remember I stood in a service one time, and uh, I had like five minutes to preach, and I had to share on miracle signs and wonders. We're just releasing stuff. And I was standing in the meeting and I went, God, like, you know, I want to share this with Lord. It would be so awesome if you would manifest something in the room this morning. Just manifest something. It would be really cool. And as I'm standing in worship, the next minute I saw this massive angel right next to me in the aisle of the church. Big angel standing and he had this basket in his hand. 
uh, he was closed. He had this blue sash around him with a white robe. Uh, he had kind of like this light brown, curly hair, friendly-looking guy, beautiful. And, um, you, you know, and, and he, held, he held this basket in his hand, and I looked at the basket, and it was full of precious stones, like, you know, rubies and diamonds and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, oh, God, that would be so awesome. No worries, yeah, but please, can he drop one? That'll be fantastic. You know, just we're talking about miracle signs and wonders. And I'm just like, Lord, please, come on, release this thing. And again, I didn't speak to the angel. I didn't tell the angel, hey, drop stuff or anything like that because he didn't speak to me. And I'm not there to command him, but I'm there to partner with God uh, and partner with the Holy Spirit. So I, my, my focus, my conversation went towards the Lord. Like, Lord, I see this angel. I recognize it. Would you please do something this morning? That was the interaction. The point is seeing the angel gave me faith that God wants to do something. Do you understand? So that helped me. Then I quickly had to go to the bathroom. I came back. It was a um, fire tunnel or a thing that, that they did. And the next minute as I came back standing in line on the fire tunnel, there was a precious stone right between my legs. A little diamond had dropped right between my legs. Supernatural thing. It was awesome. And uh, that's just something that the Lord did, right? But it started with this angelic thing that came into the room. We saw it with healings. I mean, we saw it with, with angels walking in certain seasons where we really needed breakthrough in this. There's an angel of breakthrough. Uh, there's an angel of justice, right? There's an angel of victory. Um, there's an angel that, we, that I encountered, I think it was in 20, uh, 2013 it started, but then in 2014 it became a very uh, kind of a regular thing around us. But I was sitting in a meeting uh, where uh, somebody was ministering, uh, surprise us, Tole was preaching. And he preached and he said, listen, he was taking a trip from, um, <clears throat> I think it was back from Pemba, Mozambique to Nelspreet, something like that. It's an 18-hour drive and everybody was getting tired. I think he was driving, but he was also kind of dozing off. And the next minute he saw in the middle of the road, there was this man standing in the middle of the road and he saw the man and he actually drove right over the man thinking that he, that he you know, killed the man. And he got, got a big fright. And when he kind of came by, when he snapped out of it, they were transported six hours forward. So they skipped six hours of the journey. And I'm thinking, that's a cool angel. I, I could, you know, that guy could be very handy uh, in life. And I'm like, oh, man. And, I, I'm, you know, I'm just like, Lord, it's an angel of transportation. This is awesome. I, I, this, this is what we need, like, in life, right? Anyway, so... Months go on and I keep kind of, you know, digging into this thing. And, and suddenly I start going into meetings. And when I would minister, I would see like this. It looks almost like a whirlwind or a, like two lights that, that, you know, kind of intertwines. But the one was like this dark uh, pink color, beautiful color. And the other one, this beautiful blue. And they were just kind of like twisting like this wherever I went. And I'm like, okay. You know, I started seeing this everywhere I minister. I started seeing this, you know, these lights and things. And I'm like, one night I go home, like, Lord, you know, what is this? What, what's happening here? And the Lord said to me, it's an angel. Uh, it's an angel. And it's a, a blue speaks of revelation. Pink speaks of restoration. It speaks of wisdom. It speaks of a bunch of things and prosperity. And, and, uh, um, and then I go, okay, but, you know, what, what's the deal with this? And the Lord said to me, Remember the angel uh, that surprised us spoke about of transportation, but, but I called it transportation. He, he didn't call it anything. I said, yeah, he said, it's that. It's, in, it's here. And I go, okay, wow, that's, 
that's awesome. You know, I'm super excited about this. I don't really know what to do about it. And suddenly I go and, and the Lord says, and the Holy Spirit said this thing to me. He said, do you get that what I did with that angel with surprise eyes, I quickened the process. So it's an angel of acceleration. And I go, oh, wow. And like, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then, and then the Lord, he just dropped this line. Holy Spirit just dropped the line. And he said to me, so it's not about your way, but it's my way of doing things is acceleration. And that was the end of the conversation. And I'm going, wow. Okay, I'm like, I'm a little bit excited, but I'm also a little bit lost. And I'm thinking my way, my way, where am I going to find this thing? Then I obviously think of Isaiah 55, um, you know, where the Lord says, my way is higher than your way, right? And I see this thing my way and I'm going, no ways. This is so cool. Like that God would use those words. And I'm just like, my way is higher than your ways. Yes, because his way is acceleration. His way is transportation. His way is supernatural restoration. It's just quicker and quickening. It's, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And then for some reason, I decide I'm going to look at the Hebrew, what it means, like my way, what that word means. And you won't believe me. When I looked at it, it actually, it, the word my way in Hebrew is the word Derek. It's a name, like Derek, D-E-R-E-K. And I'm like, are you kidding me, Lord? And the Lord, and then I felt the Holy Spirit said, said yes, I send him. He's going to partner with you for a while. And I'm like, come on, Jesus, that's awesome. My way is higher than your way. And I'm going, acceleration to me means miracle signs and wonders because the healing is a process, but a miracle is instant. So it's like supernatural acceleration on things. Man, I still see that angel come into, uh, into places where we're at. And whenever he shows up, it's like miracles happen. It's like things quicken. It's just awesome stuff that happens. And uh, so for me, that was kind of like, part of the journey. But do you understand that whole journey is with Jesus? It's with the Holy Spirit. It's about this angel that he sends, and it's awesome. I've had conversations with angels. I'm sorry, but they have spoken. I've, I've responded, but I haven't commanded them, and it's when they initiate. So you, you measure the encounter on what they initiate as well. And when they break protocol according to Scripture, then you can be sure it's, it's not the Lord, right? And the easiest way to do this is like, hey, are you... <laughs> are you for me or are you against me? Are you a worshiper or Jesus or not? And obviously they can lie, but when you use the name of Jesus, they, they're going to run if they're on the wrong side, right? So, I mean, we've had angels of deliverance come out. I remember I was sitting in a room one time, this guy, we were doing deliverance on him. He was a big guy, like much bigger than me. And he kind of went and I started praying for them, boy, and they just started manifesting demons. It got rough. The next minute, he, he started pulling his fist back and he kind of looked at me and said, I'm going to hit you. I'm, I'm going to hit you. you know? And he's like, and I, just, and I just looked at him and I realized, this guy's going to knock me out cold, man, unless God shows up. He's a big boy. And the next minute, I just looked at him and right behind him, I saw this angel, this warrior angel standing there. And, and I realized the minute that I saw him, I realized nothing's going to happen. I looked at him and I said, you can try, but you won't be able to. And his eyes just went like that. And suddenly he just sat down and calmed down and the demon left because that angel walked into the room. So I'm just telling you these things because it's amazing, right? And it's awesome and they're here to help. And you can engage them, you can encounter them, you can open up. Man, I was sitting two months ago. I want to go for that. I was sitting right here in this office in this chair. I was just praying about stuff and I was just reading. And the next minute I just closed my And the next minute I felt the presence come in behind me 
right here, just standing here on me. And even as I speak about it, I can feel it now. Just it, this presence just moved in right behind me. And as it stepped in, I immediately knew it's an angel. I knew it's not the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I've, I've just grown enough that I can learn. I've experimented a lot. And I know it's an angel. And I'm just sitting and I'm going, okay, I'm not seeing much of this angel. I can see the outlines, but it's not like clear, like I've seen some angels. But I know it's there. I mean, I'm just like, Holy Spirit, uh, what's happening behind me? And, and he says to me, it, I, I've sent this angel and his name is Trance, right? His name is Trance. And he's going to accelerate the process of vision and trances in people's lives. And it's going to start with, you know, with my own personal journey. And immediately you just felt this present. I was just like, Lord, thank you so much for sending this being. And I just receive right now whatever you want to release through him. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And the thing hasn't broken through completely yet, but that's just something that happened a while back. And it's a constant journey where you look at this stuff uh, and it's just exciting. Well, are you guys still alive? My goodness, it's almost nine o'clock. I'm sorry, I'm killing you. Whoa, right? But I said we need to finish this thing, all right? So I have more stories, but I'm going to stop because it's going to go way off, right? So what I want to do now is I actually, I want to pray for this activation a little bit tonight. So we're just going to, if you can spare me another two to five minutes, that'll be awesome. If you need to go, I'll forgive you as well. But I just want to pray for this activation of this stuff tonight, uh, just in a way that's completely different, right? Um, so that we can actually start stepping into this. But like I said, just talking about this practical side of things is going to help you already. And you're just going to be more aware of stuff. And it's exciting, right? And the main thing is it doesn't help you hearing about this and you're not bringing it into your ministry or your business or the issues that you face, right? Is to pray and ask God, God, I ask you, please release those angels of the harvest. Release those angels of the rain. Release your protecting angels around us. And you step into that stuff and you just say, Lord, let's, let's do it, all right? So what I want to ask you to do is just close your eyes for a minute, right there where you are, and just kind of, I know it's a lot of information, so I'm, I'm finished now. But just kind of relax a little bit for a minute. Just open your spirit. I'm just going to pray and talk a little bit and just kind of prophesy over all of you a little bit. And I want you to let your, that, the impression side just open up. Let your spiritual senses open up right now. So I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you, Lord, that even right now we can pray for people. that we can just trust you uh, to release things, Lord. I pray for the activation of our spiritual senses, Lord. That you would quicken our senses in a way that we haven't felt before, Lord. Quicken our eyes, quicken our smell, our taste, our hearing, our touch. Quicken our knowing, Lord. Quicken our spiritual perception. Just open that in this moment in a way that we haven't seen. So, Lord Jesus, just shift things right now in the place wherever people are. Just shift it over people's lives in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just release your angels that's already been released, but the people will start seeing them right now. Thank you. I just see that angel of breakthrough just stepping into many houses tonight. 
many houses. The angel of breakthrough in finances, the angel of breakthrough in business, the angel of breakthrough, whether it's marriage or ministry stuff, gifting, supernatural stuff. Lord, all of it is supernatural, but whatever aspect, Lord, but that, you, that that angel is just being released tonight over many people's lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for that. Just release that, Lord. We ask for that in Jesus' name. I want you guys just keep your eyes closed. Just sit there for a minute. And if you start experiencing things, I, I want you to write it down. If you see lights flashing, I want you to take note of it. Write it down. If you're starting to feel physical stuff, write it down. If you have an impression, listen, if you need to get up and go to the corner of the room and feel if it's there, go and do it. Right? If you smell something, see something, whatever, I want you to start writing it down. If you get a name right now, I want you to write it down. Right? And listen, the names of angels are weird and yeah, they have proper names, but sometimes it's just like the angel of prosperity or the angel of breakthrough. It's okay, right? So whatever you're hearing right now, I want you to start writing that stuff down. If you're seeing something in the spirit, I want you to write it down. Just get a picture of that, right? So I want to give you a minute. I'm going to keep on praying, but just write. So Lord, thank you for that. Just release greater glory. Release your wind, release your fires, Lord. In the name of Jesus, release grace. Thank you, Jesus. Just release, release, release. In Jesus' name right now. Listen, I feel like this is a word of knowledge. I want to go after it again. and then. But I feel like it, it, it's very somebody struggling with your hearing. Like you've got an a, a issue with your hearing. Listen, I probably I could be on Facebook or anyways. So I'm not sure. But I, I kept seeing people's ears. and I, it, it could be both ears or just the one. doesn't really matter. But I felt like there's an angel stepping into the room and God wants to open your ears. So if that's you, I want you to put your hand on your ear and I'm just going to pray into that. So, Lord, I thank you for that right now. I rebuke that deaf spirit. I rebuke that infirmity. And, Father, thank you just for a release right now. We just partner with that healing angel. And in the name of Jesus, fire of God, just be released on that. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, just open their ear right now. Open up now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to just sit and receive that because that angel is still ministering. So just stay on that. Then I want to pray for this angel trance. I want to pray for that thing, right? That we'll go into greater visions and greater trances uh, because of a release that God wants to bring. So Lord, I want to pray right now, even into that, that grace for trances and visions, that you'll just release that over people right now in Jesus' name. Just shift that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Open that realm completely, Lord. I thank you that you're opening the angelic realm tonight. That even tonight, people will start having dreams and experiences and encounters. Lord, this is something that's going to stay with them. It's not going to just be a moment and it's gone, but it's become going to become part of their walk. You're releasing angels into areas. You're releasing angels into the harvest field, Lord. You're releasing angels to position people to bring the lost 
to those who can bring the message of, of good, good news to them, Lord. Thank you for just stirring that thing right now. As you just release it all over cities, all over South Africa, Lord, as you just release it wherever people are watching from, just release it in the name of Jesus. Let the angelic realm shift into position like never before. Lord, let things break through in the spirit over governments, regions, cities, over houses, Lord. I even see houses where there's just turmoil in the house. There's no peace in the house. But Lord, we pray for that shift tonight, that you will bring those angels in tonight, Lord. Those powers, bring them in tonight, Lord. Bring them in, those mites, those dominions. Let them come in over houses and just shift and break the atmosphere in the mighty name of Jesus. So Lord, I just open your hands and your spirit one more time, guys. I just want to release this thing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your fire be released. Let your winds be released right now. In Jesus' name, activate that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, guys, thank you so much. That was a long evening, but I hope it blessed you. I hope it helped you. And listen, it's faith. So just step out in faith, act on the impression. And, and I'm telling you, things are going to start happening. You're going to see different, but you have to be on the lookout for those changes. Be expectant for things to shift. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.